1: welcome to the 42 cast your ultimate answer for fandom geekiness and everything as always i am your host nathan and we have another season of television to talk about today but before we do that let's meet our cast for this week returning once again although i don't know why we keep having him back on he is the man that you love to hate, and that is my nemesis, Ryan Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan?
2: I am doing great, and uh, you keep asking me back because I work for nothing.
1: Right, well, that's true. <laughs> you can't beat the price.
0: Yeah, there you go. You know?
1: <laughs> so, uh, what's new and exciting for you uh, since the last time we had you on, Ryan?
2: I'm trying to think of the last time you had me on. Nothing, nothing uh, too new and exciting. I'm finally catching up on my TV. I'm actually, I think, caught up on everything except The Gifted. That's the next one I've got to uh, to start binging. But caught up on Netflix, even did Stranger Things Season 2, so yeah. I, knock on wood, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm hoping it's not a train. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you, you, I can't remember when the last time we had you on was either, but I'm betting you've <laughs> seen Star Wars The Last Jedi since yeah. the last time that we had you on.
2: Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we might circle back to that one after I've yeah. introduced everybody else. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but anyway, it's good to have you back on, Ryan. Good to be back. And coming to us from out of the time stream, it is the host or one of the co-hosts of the Watchthon of Rassilon, and that is Joe Heath. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing fine. So uh, what's new and exciting since the last time you were on, Joe.
3: Well, Tony and I just recently finished watching the third Doctor era, so we're about to jump into four, which is exciting. And uh, you're going to be on the last episode of, of uh, three, so that's that'll be fun. We're doing that this weekend.
1: Yes, we are. I, I know. <laughs> because I have to schedule enough of these podcasts that I keep track of it when I'm on somebody else's podcast, so I'm not that guy, you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen, where somebody just fails to show up or whatever?
3: It's happened once or twice,
1: and then we just do it without them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or we reschedule. But sometimes, sure. we've one,
3: once or twice, we've had to just go on without it. That's that's the good thing about the podcast, is if somebody drops out, it's just me and Tony can just go with it.
1: Yeah, whereas if nobody shows up to my podcast, it'd be really boring. <laughs> Uh, I bet you can keep people yeah, in your tank. i just monologue for... Actually, you know what's funny? At Chicago TARDIS, I did... I had that happen where nobody showed up to the panel. Just me and none of the co-panelists showed up. And so I just monologued for an hour or so. Uh,
3: I don't know if I could do that. I could do it with Tony, but not a monologue.
1: <laughs> well, that's why I said, if, if nobody showed up to mine, I mean, because my show is always, except for every once in a while, you know, it's, it's almost always just me on this end. So it would be a monologue. But yeah, people came up to me afterwards and were like, you were so brave. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I enjoy talking. I mean, <laughs> I think it's better if there's somebody else talking with me, but you know, it's not really that.
3: I think that's uh, better than, how many, well, how many people were there?
1: I don't know. 20, 30. You 30? Yeah, 30, yeah, somewhere around that, yeah.
3: I think that's better. I was on a panel recently that was uh, me and my friend Ray. And we had one person in the audience. So that was, and it was a book reading. Oh. So we were reading a book we co-wrote, which has something else that I just did. Uh, I co-wrote a novel called The Princess and the Pterodactyls by J.B. Hivemind. So, but we were doing a reading of that and there was one person in the audience. He really liked it. So we had a hundred percent approval rate. Right. so <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's why you always have to check how many ratings, like, a book or something has had. Because, you know, when you see something like 100%, that could be either really good, or it could just mean nobody's read it. So, <laughs> Just one review from the author. <laughs> right,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. that's the best.
0: Uh, oh, man.
1: Yeah, but uh, it's good to have you back on, Joe. Good to be back. Oh, and have you seen The Last Jedi? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. I just wanted so to make sure of that, so... <laughs> All right, and finally is someone that I know has seen The Last Jedi, because she was sitting next to me when we did, and that is my lovely wife, the creator of Fuzzy Lovies, and that is Beth. How are you doing, Beth?
4: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I am doing wonderful, as if we just didn't know that, because, you know, we live together and all.
0: Yeah. There could be secrets.
1: (laughs) So, Beth... I have no idea when we recorded the Orphan Black episode, although I know that's the last one you did. What has happened for you since the last time that you were on?
4: Well, I remember the last time I I got to one of these segments where I'd say, what's what's been going on? I mentioned uh, the Chicago Tartus Masquerade winning Best in Show, so since then, the only thing I've been able to come up with is I went to a Two Cellos concert, and I haven't been to a live concert since Dixie Chicks when I was still living at my parents' house, so (laughs) that means something to me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, two
4: so. cellos is awesome.
2: If we're gonna mention, you know, concerts that we went to, I would mention that I went to see Neil deGrasse Tyson, but that, I'd just do that to piss Nathan off. Right?
1: Yeah, we don't hold that against. You,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> I Me on the other filmed hand, a
1: concert recently. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I filmed. Uh, we we had Charlie Pride and some other country guys in Chattanooga recently, and the TV station I worked for put it on, and we we filmed it. So I got to be behind a camera for the first time, which was fun. Uh, I don't listen to country music, so the music did nothing for me, but it was
1: still fun. Right. Yeah. yeah see, I, I mean, I guess the only concert-related thing that I've done is a couple of months ago, I listened to my daughter's concert with her school, but... <laughs> I that was the best concert
3: out of <laughs> all of right. different
4: category. They're right.
1: important, <laughs> but
4: they're not like the the kind of concerts that you pay like 50 bucks a seat uh, for. No, of
1: course. I know that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel left out because everybody else has done something concert-related. <laughs>
0: Or, that, or, or adjacent,
2: or
1: in Ryan's case, adjacent, concert adjacent.
2: It only came to mind because actually two cellos is going to be playing the exact same venue next week, I think, or or the, the very next time. But, uh, you know, so I don't know why that came came up, but
4: yeah, listeners, that's how my mind works. Listeners, <laughs> pause the podcast right now. Do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube, look up two cellos, and just pick something. It's the
1: number two, not the word.
4: Yeah, they cannot play a song without shredding a bow. They're that hardcore.
2: Wait, now I kind of want to know what I'm going to get if I look up the word two cellos. Is that like something else altogether different, you know? That <laughs> we don't
1: talk to those band. <laughs> it's going to be some like off band that's like, you know, we're going to just cash in on two cellos by naming ourselves TWO cellos, you know.
2: it's <laughs> a cover. And then, right. of course, next would be the T-O-O cellos. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Or T.O. cellos, like, you can do that, too. <laughs> oh, man. So, so anything Three else? Three cellos is too many.
4: They're also yeah. easy on the eyes, ladies.
1: Oh, oh that's nice.
4: <laughs>
1: this is the first I'm hearing about this. <laughs> I've, he- I've heard the music, but I've never watched the videos, really.
3: Which of the cellos is more attractive?
4: You can put cricket chirps right there if you want. No, you answer the question. <laughs> I don't really think that way, so I can't really give an answer.
1: Okay. After you I just said it. they were really attractive. Now you're like, no, oh, no, I don't, I I don't think that I said easy on the
4: eyes. They are handsome, but I cannot pick between the go. two of them because I have you.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes.
4: <laughs> Ergo, cricket chirps
2: she still needed a front row ticket?
0: So, yeah. No, I was
4: I was qu- seated quite comfortably in the nosebleed section where they were affordable. So what you're saying
3: is they are both tied for a, a strong second. Ah. Yes. After after Nathan, of course. Yes.
4: <laughs> he will always be my first string. Oh. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, <clears throat> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: you can strum your instrument. <laughs> God. All right. Anyway,
0: we need to take five here.
1: <laughs> you can stop It'll take longer than five. Huh?
0: <laughs> but anyway,
4: I'm not helping me. I'm
1: never gonna have you on the podcast again because every time you come on, you make it like dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) Uh, well, it's good to have you back on, (laughs) despite the fact that you have to make everything dirty. (laughs) Or maybe because of it. Who knows? What would you do without me? (laughs) Right. What was it on the Voltron podcast that you were like laughing about, like for weeks afterwards? Oh, you can't remember anymore. Okay. All right. All right. Never mind. I'll I'll just digress then. All right. So, I'm just curious because uh, I haven't talked to Ryan about The Last Jedi. And so, let's just really quick, Joe and Ryan, what were your thoughts on Last Jedi, Ryan, then Joe?
2: Imperfect, but enjoyable. It makes my top three, it, barely, of uh, favorite Star Wars movies. I, I don't get. The anger, uh, hatred about it. It wasn't perfect. Like I said, it has problems. But what Star Wars movie doesn't? You know? I mean,
1: yeah. It was better than the prequels in my mind. So I mean, well, it's already uh, better I mean, than. I don't. <laughs> it's already <laughs> not something that's going to make me ma- yeah. mad. You know?
0: Yeah. I no.
2: I mean, i uh, you know, I, I think it could have been better. Sure. I'm not going to say it was flawless. I'm not going to jump up and proclaim that if you don't like it you're crazy but uh i i will say that i do find some of the anger about it to be somewhat irrational
1: all right joe
3: uh yeah i pretty much agree uh i really enjoyed it i i was down for it the moment that luke drank milk from an alien titty um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's dirty again no no you made it dirty
3: <laughs> i just i just i knew at that point like this movie's gonna do things that are interesting, and I'm for it. And it did. It did a lot of cool, interesting stuff. I think everything with Luke and Ray and Kylo were all top-notch great. Uh, I think Poe and Finn's arcs were a little undercooked, but still really fun and enjoyable. So I I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I think I'm falling in where, where you guys are, too, because for me, yeah, I thought it was the most uneven Star Wars movie, because I did feel that... It veered from super serious to, like, really childish slapsticky kind of prequel level in some places. But I felt the overall effect was really good. And I'd rather be surprised by a movie than have a paint-by-numbers movie. And this movie definitely surprised me in a few places. And so, you know, because of all that, I was interested in what was going on. You know, I was engaged uh yeah i mean the 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 thin and poe stuff was the stuff that i would feel was weaker but i loved everything with ray and luke and kylo and was really interested in the developments there so I, the one thing i will say ryan the the anger i'm i, I have no i'm not 100 certain of this but i bet most of the anger comes from people who are heavily invested in the old expanded universe
2: yeah mm-hmm. but they were they've been upset since force awakens i mean this well there's a lot of people
3: there's a lot of people that feel like it like completely ignored stuff from the force awakens and i don't get that either i feel like it's a direct follow-up so i don't know right
1: no i mean there were definitely some expectations that i had that were subverted and There are certain things like if Rey really, her parents were really kind of nobodies on the cosmic scale, then the fact that like Moz was saying like, this lightsaber is your birthright doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, but yeah, I mean, other than some little tiny things like that, I don't think it really. I do sometimes feel that JJ. Abrams and Ryan Johnson are like two people like writing a novel together. like one writes one chapter, one writes the other, and the one is like, "I don't like what you did. I'm gonna write you know something different. And now I'm thinking JJ is gonna be like, crap, I don't like what you did. I'm gonna write
2: something different. you know, So we'll see with episode nine. If that's the case, that's just like the expanded universe right. you know? <laughs> there's no difference. but you mentioned the humor, and I, I kind of have to agree. this one, it wasn't that the humor was bad although sometimes it did feel a little out of place but it felt i it felt like i think someone gave johnson the note saying make this like a marvel movie funny
1: right mm.
2: and you know but that the that, the, the, the only joke that didn't land for me was probably the very first one where you know poe is like acting like he's on hold right for general hucks that one just that, that one just that one was painful but after that i had no problems with the humor
1: no well, i don't know i think the alien being so dumb that it's just going to keep on putting five million coins in bb8 so that he can then gatling <laughs> gun them that was the one for me that i was like that's stupid you know i mean like, that was... <laughs> when you're that rich you don't care. oh <laughs> well, i guess but yeah i i i i, str- I, I struggled with the whole uh, uh uh casino scene uh that that whole area but once we got past that i feel like it the movie got really strong but anyway, all right. Yeah. I just wanted to know how people felt about it. I did record an episode, but it was a lot of people fell off and so ended up only having two people on. So oh, no. I just wanted more <laughs> opinions, you know, about the movie. Cause I'd really love to engage with somebody who hated it. You know, know a jerk. Guy.
2: You know, I mean, but if you want like a just an intellectual discussion about it, I can totally play devil's advocate on. There was a lot wrong with it. I just don't care. <laughs> you know?
3: But also, I'll say- can I just say it's possibly the most beautiful Star Wars movie? There's so much in there that's just beautiful to look at. I just, oh, uh, that whole like red and white scene at the end is just, mm, I could eat that scenery. So
1: it's so well, good.
4: Well, I wouldn't advise it. Like, it's high in salt content. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The other thing I will say, though, is I'm kind of getting pissed off on the other end, though, too. But the people who are attacking anyone who didn't like the movie and saying you must be racist and or sexist.
2: Yeah. You know, I've seen a (laughs) few
1: articles like that, and I'm like, there are legitimate reasons not to like this movie. Yeah. I mean, the guy who made, like, the, the edit that, like, edits out all the women, that's different. That guy was obviously sexist. But, you know, people, you know, just because they don't like the movie, it doesn't mean that they necessarily must be.
3: I had the same issue with that with the Ghostbusters reboot, which I was afraid to say that I didn't really like it that much. But I because, yeah, you get like hit with you're sexist. And I was like, no, I don't like the movie because it's not well written. <laughs>
2: it wasn't written at all i mean yeah exactly it was just improv comedy which is fine you know it was funny i laughed but yeah there was no really cohesive i will say
3: holtz is like or what's her name holtzman is that her name it's been a while since i saw her. she's like my favorite ghostbuster out of all the ghostbusters but she rises above that movie (laughs) but yeah Anyway, that's a different
1: movie. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a whole different thing entirely. But, yeah, so anyway, I don't know. I, I guess the Last Jedi discussion will replace the five-minute controversy this time so that we can get into talking about uh, Runaways. But I do want to have a, a, a discussion with a non-jerk <laughs> who, can, who can give me the, you know, I, I I didn't like this movie because because I do want to see, you know, because while I see flaws, I don't see anything that's like a deal-breaker kind of flaw. So yeah. I'm curious if it is just, you know, I mean, cause like the Luke isn't a hero thing is one of the, like, that's really weak to me, but that's mostly what I'm seeing is the hatred of, you know, Luke just retreating to be a hermit.
2: You know, I kind of get the, the pros and cons of both of that, but I do think it could have been, been improved just with a five minute scene, a flashback where Luke followed young Ben to Snoke and fought Snoke and he, he got burned out. On the Force. He could no longer access the Force. And that's why he went and fled and became a hermit. And he couldn't touch the Force again until Ray showed up. So, I, you know, a quick five minute scene like that would have explained it satisfactorily, I think, for everyone. Well, that's mm-hmm. true. And it would also explain why Snoke had such a, a desire to find and destroy Luke.
1: Yeah. To me, though, the whole idea of Luke, basically, the fact that Luke could get to a point where he was even for a moment contemplated murdering his own nephew was enough of an excuse to me that he was just like, you know what, I'm done with this whole thing because it's a cycle. Yeah. And I don't want to be part of that cycle anymore. And and so to me, that was enough. I mean, I got it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I will say more than anything, I'm just concerned about Abrams doing episode 9.
1: I have- <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. Well,
1: Finn wasn't carried off in carbonite at the end of this movie, so, you know... <laughs> We know it can't exactly mirror Return of the Jedi, so.
2: <laughs> It Don't just happens away. in between movies. Yeah. <laughs> Phasma fell into a carbonite shaft as she was falling through or something like
1: that. <laughs> right. <laughs> we have to go back to Jakku, and there's a mobster there, and we gotta, <laughs> we gotta fight him, and okay. Anyway. <laughs> right.
4: Finn's wearing a metal bikini. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's dirty again. <laughs> no, it would be Poe,
1: obviously. Poe would be playing the Leia role. Ray would be playing the Luke role. Anyway, all right. Now that I made it really weird, <laughs> I'm pointing all fingers at you now. Right. <laughs> Well, it's just because I mean Ray has to play the Luke role. So if Finn's and Carbonite playing the Han role, then that leaves Poe to be the Leia. I mean, it's it's math, people. It's math, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> well, all right, all right. This is, is going to be my last thing about Episode Nine. They better give Billy D. Williams a part because you know what. When they were like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, we almost gave him a part in episode eight, but there was really no place for him, I was like, You had a freaking casino scene.
0: Yeah. How
1: did you not have room for a cameo for Billy D. Williams at the casino, as Lando at the casino? I mean, I, I you know, so that was completely bogus to me. But if they were holding out for a meteor role for episode nine, okay. But, you know, he better be in it at least somewhat. Because that's just wrong. If they well, don't I
2: mean To to be blunt, having killed off, you know, Han and Luke and having sadly lost Carrie. If if they want any tie back to the original trilogy, it's got to be Lando. What? Who else are they gonna do? C
1: three PO. Well,
3: Chewbacca. they could have Luke with like Force Ghost. Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: expect we will have Luke at least a couple of times in in the movie as a for- I am really hoping that instead of being like a mentor to Ray, it's him haunting Kylo. <laughs> there you
0: <laughs> go. <laughs> because you know he was saying
1: "be seeing you" or something like that when when he died. You know, just before he faded away, and then he died. So I'm thinking that that's the idea, is that he'll be taunting Kylo.
2: Well, but that was, He's that like, and I also, brought
3: your dad.
2: <laughs> that was also a callback, though. He said, uh, see you around, kid, which is the last thing Han said to Luke before he left in A New Hope. Yeah, so, you know, I, th- I think that was just a callback. But it would be cool, absolutely. But you know what? All I really want out of Episode 9 is for them to actually have R2 do something.
1: Instead of being on, like, battery saver mode yeah. throughout the whole movie, as yeah. he has been the last year. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they figured BB8's the younger cuter model, so, you know, they've got to got to have him doing all the stuff. <laughs> but anyway, that's okay. They, they if they've got to kill off an original series uh person in this movie, then I nominate C3PO because I've been <laughs> waiting for that to happen since the original trilogy, so, you know. I've been waiting since the
4: original movie. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> so. She always pissed me
0: off
1: as a kid. <laughs> Alrighty, so before we go on to talking about what we're actually here to talk about, (laughs) let's pause for a moment for this promo from another fine podcast. Welcome to the Monster Sci-Fi Show Podcast. I am your host, the monster. We are Venom. I got my own parasite.
4: Parasite?
1: Sorry, sorry, Venom. I I meant symbiote.
4: That's better. What do you do for fun around here?
1: I want to do a podcast with you.
4: What the hell is a
1: podcast anyway? Well, it's a weekly show where I talk about the latest news in sci-fi, movies, and TV. You're such a nerd. Now I'm a loser on two planets. The Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. And like we talked about at the top of the show, we're here not to talk about The Last Jedi, but Marvel's Runaways, which was a series that debuted on Hulu back in November, uh, and ran weekly, ended up in the beginning of uh, January, uh, 10-episode first season. It has been renewed for a second season, um, which I believe I read is going to be 12 episodes, so they're they're expanding it for the next season. Runaways is based on a comic series that started after I stopped reading comics, so kind of like Jessica Jones, I was not familiar with the characters in this at all. But it it was good in a way because then that way it was, uh, you know, everything that was happening was surprising to me. So just out of curiosity, uh, because I know Beth's answer, which she, like me, has no idea about Runaways before we watched the show. Ryan and Joe, were you familiar with the Runaways?
2: Yeah, uh, not in the slightest. Well, beyond the name. Uh, I have just enough of a dipped into the comic community that i was aware of the comic and the concept behind it but it yeah it came out long after i'd stopped reading comics i was probably more familiar with jessica jones and at that she came out after i'd stopped reading comics than i was with runaways i've
3: read all of it except for the newest uh run that's just started recently Uh, it's been a while so i don't quite remember everything i did just reread the first volume which is fantastic I do remember the third volume with that was written by Joss Whedon. Uh, not very good. But Whedon can do
1: no wrong. All Whedon <laughs> fans will tell you.
3: I know. Like, I, listen, I love Buffy and Angel and all, Dollhouse and all of that. And I was, like, super excited to get to it. And it was a big letdown. But I do love Brian K. Vaughn. So his stuff is top notch. He also does Saga, which is another fantastic
1: series. So. Okay. So you're going to be our comic expert. Okay, so
3: I can't spoil you guys on stuff.
1: Then. Oh, no, 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 no. Although I already made the mistake of reading the Wikipedia article after I finished the first season. Because I was like, oh, man, I really like this. I'm going to see, like, how close it was to the comics. So I looked at the Wikipedia article. It only, it only really spoiled one potentially major thing if they go that route in the in the TV show that I was kind of like, oh, man. but Punisher, uh, Punisher, Punisher. No, no, <laughs> not that. <laughs> A friend of mine told me that, like, in the comics, like, the Punisher, like, there's, a, there's an issue where it's the Punisher versus the Runaways, which I think would be hilarious, but they're probably not going to go that route.
3: I think that's in the Joss Whedon
1: run. So. Okay. <laughs> it goes up against Molly. Which is... <laughs> I think it would be hilarious, but I really doubt they're going to go there. But uh-huh. um, But yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised by some of the changes, because, like, in the comics, the Yorks. They're time travelers mm-hmm. in the comics, which I I wish they had actually gone that route because that's a lot more interesting than them just being geneticists. You know, I and it also better explains why they have a dinosaur because even though we have the dinosaur in this, there's no explanation about where the dinosaur came from. I guess we're supposed to just believe it's like a Jurassic Park kind of thing that they just cloned some DNA or whatever. But I like the time travel part. I, I wish they had kept that.
3: The parents are actually one of the biggest differences between the show and the comics because in the comics the the parents are a lot less developed they're more just straight up supervillains. they're not so nuanced i guess
1: yeah but it sounded like a lot of them were at least similar or had similar ideas like the steins uh like victor stein he is a just a mad scientist you know in the Mm -hmm. comics which is kind of like what he is here you know the 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 ones that are different are like the menorah's there, she's actually a sorceress in the comics, which, you know, that they was the one are. thing that I felt was the weakest in the show was like, no, we have this magic wand that can do anything you wish for, but it's technology, not magic. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you
3: know? And of course, uh, Molly's parents are not dead in the comics as well. So oh, they're, okay. they're alive and she just, they're like, Gert and Molly are not siblings. They're They're two completely different families.
1: Okay. And Molly's a mutant in the comics. So are her parents, yeah. Right, yeah, so, I mean, but that, they couldn't use mutants when this, you know, was made, so they had to, you know, give her an alternate origin, which makes sense. And Carolina is an alien, just like in this, but different, but it's not the weird, like, my mom, you know, had sex with a weird alien guy that wasn't my father kind of thing, like in this one.
3: Both of our parents are actors, and and both of them are just aliens. And there's okay. no there's no Doctor Doom, bad guy.
1: Right. <laughs> he's the strip mall Doctor Doom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he works a lot better on this show than he did in the Fantastic Four movies. Oh, for sure.
3: Alex's parents are pretty much the same.
1: Yeah, they're they're gang. Yeah, they're like he's a f- yeah gang member. So okay. Anyway, that was just me going over what little I learned. From the co- I mean, do you guys agree? I mean, like that the whole magic thing didn't really work, uh, or the the lack of magic for the wand that it's science. Because to me, that was like the most bogus thing.
2: Okay, yes, I agree, but I think that goes into a, a bigger subject about the Runaways' place in the MCU. Because by all accounts, this is a separate universe. This isn't a part of the the greater MCU. So I, I guess the, the concept of doing magic and time travel and super technology, and aliens all at once, they just consider it to be too much.
1: Wait, where did you uh, hear that they don't consider it part of the MCU?
2: They haven't... Kev, Kevin uh, Fahey has dodged it. Every time he's asked, he said you know, he, he won't confirm or deny it, and there are um, certain contradictions. Like, Atina was in Doctor Strange. The staff of one was in Doctor Strange.
1: B- right, but if it's not... Uh, Alright, so, so this one I did know about, but if you don't say the name you know i think that there's enough wiggle room to say right so even though it was in the credits i think there's enough wiggle room to say in universe that's not tina you know i mean because you could say it's somebody else
2: i I agree i know i agree that they could retroactively make it part of the mcu but there wasn't a single reference to anything else in the mcu
1: right and i was thinking that when i watched the show i was like they don't they're not referencing anything Like, they're not talking about the incident in New York or, you know, anything like that. Because, you know, you'd think when they developed superpowers, they would mention something about the Avengers or something else.
2: Absolutely, yeah. There were uh, a hundred opportunities, cracking jokes or whatever just to have to have mentioned it so yeah i, I get the impression that they're they kind of want to have their cake and eat it here too they want to be able to say if they have to that they're not part of it or that they are a part of it i i think it's probably part of the the greater schism between the movies and, and television
1: right and that's and this and this few leads into my suspicion that after avengers 4 they're going to openly say that hey you know marvel properties can all be in different universes now but we'll see
0: yeah
1: Yeah, that's probably why feige's dodging it right now but okay no i I didn't realize that anyone had even asked him about it
2: oh yeah he's been asked
1: so let's just go down the characters uh the kids at least so beth who was your favorite old lace (laughs) why is old lace your favorite beth (laughs)
4: because <laughs> there's nothing I don't like about her <laughs> <laughs> I kept trying to come up with a character That I, I, I liked of, among the kids But there was always something really super grating And then I was like Oh there's old Lace
0: <laughs> Jeez,
4: Old Lace is awesome I
1: thought you were telling <laughs> me that Gert was your favorite before. For the
4: longest time she was the longest time she was, but a lot of her mentality just really just grates on me as this, like, little hippie kid, <laughs> I really wish I <laughs> just stop with that, like, ten episodes ago.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I will say this with Gert, because I liked Gert, too. I, I liked Gert as being, like, the, you know, because she's not the typical, like, pretty girl character, which normally in a series like this, you know, about teenagers, it would be Carolina would be with, yeah. um... God, Chase. Chase. Chase, thank you. Yeah. I have yeah. a cheat sheet it, right here. Oh, thank it's you. Yeah, I'm, tra- <laughs> I'm trying to look that at a stupid wiki <laughs> article to remember the names, and they don't, they don't do it in an easy way. Anyway, so yes, Chase and that would have been how it all worked out but you know I like that Gert ends up with Chase or at least partially I mean she started having an attitude afterwards because of her insecurities or whatever which I thought was a little too much drama but it is a teen show yeah. but you know I liked her I kind of, I kind of empathized with her as feeling like she's always you know uh, second best or whatever until the end there so. among the
4: kids though she's, right. she's up there
1: Right, so yeah, I, I did like Gert quite a bit. What do you guys think about Gert? Oh,
4: I love Gert.
3: She was m- one of my favorites in the comic, and she's pretty much the same character in the the show. A little a little different here and there, but for the most part, she pretty
1: much nailed it. I have to say, I hated the parents though.
3: Oh, really? I
2: they're my favorite parents. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: loved it when they were on the screen. The Yorkses—they were hilarious. <laughs> oh,
0: God, I
3: agree. like that was my that. They're my favorite parents. Like I, that's one thing I. I really kind of prefer about the tv show to the comic book is that the parents are way more interesting like all of them and those two specifically are my favorites I, so. well
1: th- they did get better i think as the show progressed but especially in the beginning i found them annoying and the guy who plays the dad he's been on a lot of shows and yeah, i feel like
2: he's on scorpion i, I right. remember his scorpion he <laughs> was an alias
3: I remember him in, Clark's uh, Clerks 2. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> he has a, he really loves Lord of the Rings, and then throws up. Oh, so. okay.
4: Yeah, he always plays that guy, and it really doesn't do him any favors.
3: Right. His mustache is amazing, though, and it matches the comic <laughs> book. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just find him annoying in everything that he does. But yeah, the TMI factor with that family was just really annoying. And <laughs> I did not find it funny. It was just like, all right, this is gross and kind of disturbing. Let's move on.
4: <laughs> also, not how it works. <laughs>
1: they probably don't remember what you're talking about, but I know uh, what you're talking about. I know you're talking about. I I'm I'm a great am idea. scarred. Okay. <laughs> I am scarred. Okay. <laughs> You're so prudish, except when you're being dirty. Anyway. <laughs> All
0: right.
2: That, that scene just established the, those characters through and through. They, they they are the uncomfortable parents. That's how every teenager imagines their parents to be.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. So, uh, Ryan, what about you? Unless it was Gert, then move on to your second best. But who was your
0: favorite?
2: Uh, I did enjoy Gert. Of the kids, my favorite... You know, I waffled back and forth probably between... Uh, Molly and Nico, probably just because I, and they probably they really couldn't be any more different than those two and still be the same group. But I, I found Nico's the the way that she was she was adamant throughout the, the beginning of it. she her, her parents were bad, and she was going to prove it. And then uh, suddenly, her mom starts being nice to her. And, and I just felt like the actress, she got that emotion through. I, I could see her having this opportunity to bond with her mother. It was probably the scene where she was hiding behind the desk as her mom was bawling her eyes out. And she wanted just to go out there and comfort her. And that came across came through the screen to me. But at the same time, I also respect the fact that when... I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I respect the fact that, unlike in most shows when uh she found out the about alex's secret about her sister she didn't immediately forgive him there wasn't that immediate reboot there were consequences for his uh keeping her in the dark for you know two years and so i thought that was pretty clever and and molly just i don't know she just she's just cracked me up she's just you know cute and innocent that whole she, she's got the vhs step what is this
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is
2: it you know? that
1: was that was beautiful that was because i was like oh god I'm so old now that, yes, that is what the kids think.
2: Just shaking it. What does it do? You know?
1: <laughs> Joe, did like, you know what a VHS tape was? <laughs> oh, I, I had hundreds of VHS okay. tapes. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how much younger than me you are. I just know that you're younger than me, so I thought <laughs> I would ask. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, you know, Molly, though, I felt like Molly was the one who got the least out of all of them.
2: Well, I think that was also part of the design. I mean, for how many episodes she was telling them, "Guys, I have powers. Guys, I can right. do things," and no one believed her. No one even bothered to listen to her. So you know, well, I can I, empathize that's with that as a little a sister
4: because you're always like the third wheel going around with your sister and your and her friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. can totally get that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I think it was very believable like, what was happening. I, I just, I just felt like Molly was the least developed of any of them, and of course, with the whole "oh, you need to talk to me about my parents now, it's before it's too late." I was like, seriously, that that did kind of annoy me. That you know, she didn't have. I mean, because I don't think that you have to be that old to understand that that's a really bad thing to <laughs> telegraph in I the, mean, uh, how that would be taken in the
3: comics she's like 11 years old too oh, okay. so she's a lot younger in the comics so it's almost like they're sort of taking care of her because they're like they're like her new parents sort of deal She's a lot lot younger
2: and that's that's actually worth mentioning the cast the kids they range from like what uh, 14 to 25 years in age. They did a pretty good job. This isn't like the CW where they'll cast you know early 30 somethings right. right. to play 17-year-olds. Yeah. So I will give them credit for that. It
1: reminds me of the old Mad TV sketch where they caught it's the show's yeah, called yeah, Pretty White Kids with Problems. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and we're all thirteen, you know. They look yeah. The bald spot. yeah, and the kid has a bald spot on the top of his head. <laughs> yeah. Now, that was in the days before CW, but they were like, new on the WB, Pretty White Kids and Problems. It's pretty much the same thing. But anyway. Uh, yeah, and uh, Nico. Nico had the best style out of any of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I-, I, appreciated, I appreciated her style.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I, I guess those two, Molly and Nico, were the two I, I could just most connect with because... Well one, I'm not a teenager, and two, I was never a Southern California teenager. And so these were the people who when I was a teenager, I would have hated these people with the exception of Nico. She's she was the outsider, or at least, you know, visually. Uh, so that might be that might be part of it as well. Now that I think about it.
1: <laughs> so you can really strongly identify with the 16-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> FBI watch list adding Ryan Guthrie. <laughs>
2: one more list you know? <laughs> hey you know what i'm just i i can i can i can empathize with people of any gender nathan okay i'm, I'm that of all. Okay? right you know? i'm woke okay? right yes
1: <laughs> yes
3: one aspect of Nico that they they completely removed from the TV show and i think it's probably a good idea is the staff of one gets absorbed into her body and the only way she can get it out is by cutting herself she has to shed blood and that's how she gets the staff of one
1: yeah i actually saw something while i was reading the wikipedia article where they said that they didn't want that to be something kids were imitating so yeah i think that it's probably a smart move not to do that
2: probably also like a visual thing i mean in a comic oh look i'm cutting myself and there's blood doesn't look like in a tv show where they they and it's always got to be the palm where they cut the palm of their hand you know and there's blood everywhere it's just it gets it gets old really fast
3: you know there was a thing i slight reference to it when she like first touched it and went
1: yeah but specifically though when asked the the showrunner said you know he did not want children imitating that action yeah. so i, I yeah. think that that's
2: that's a responsible decision yeah. right
1: because <laughs> all it <laughs> would take is just one and then like you know it would hurt the show you know to have you know it'd create a lot of bad press so what about you joe someone we haven't talked about yet
3: i think as, a, as someone who's read the comics they all pretty much stick pretty close to the comics uh character wise even molly even though she's been like aged up a bit i think the one who changes the most character-wise is Chase, and I actually like Chase in the show. Okay, but in the comics, he's way more stupid in a way that I actually <laughs> like.
0: Oh, okay,
3: because here's the thing: because like Chase is the more like street guy; he knows cars and stuff like that. He's the jock or whatever, and it get but it, him being kind of dumb and cracking jokes all the time gives him like room to grow as a character. Whereas in the show, he's just smart guy already working on the Fistigons, which in the comics was just his dad's invention that he stole, basically. So, I don't, I don't know, I feel like Alex's thing is being smart, so then having Chase be smart kind of takes away Alex's thing a little bit. But I still like Chase.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that, too, because I'm like, you know, because I, w- I was like, well, what's Alex's power? So, you know, I'm yeah. looking at Wikipedia like, what what does Alex do? Like, does he get it later? And it's like, oh, Alex is just really smart, and he's a hacker. Okay, well, we already have a really smart person on the team who also has cool techno glove things. So, you know, it's kind of superfluous. So now knowing that Chase isn't so smart in the comics that makes more sense yeah. and i yeah i would question it also gives like a
3: little that. bit more of a of a of a sort of dynamic between him and his parents in the comics because his parents are super geniuses and he's just this dumb jock and like i think that's even in the like first the first shot of chase in the comic books is being punched in the face by his dad and just him calling him a dumb jock
1: yeah so victor stein i did not get and i guess it's because it's been so many years I had no idea that he was Spike from Buffy and Angel. Oh, Oh, really?
2: James Marsden? Yeah.
1: Marsters. Marsden is Cyclops. Marsden is Cyclops, right. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had absolutely no clue. Oh
4: my god, I'm seeing it now. Yeah, right. I know.
1: Now that I know, it's like, oh god, because he looks so much older now and he doesn't have the British accent. You know, it's like, I, I did not recognize him as Spike at all.
4: He drank Mountain Dew, and now he's really, really weird.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Diet, wasn't it Diet Mountain Dew? No, it was just it Mountain was Dew. It was just Mountain Dew? Oh, okay. Yeah, the cup of
4: Eternal so, Torment. Yeah, the
1: Cup of just, Eternal Torment. Yeah. No, I remember. All right, anyway. <sighs>
3: <laughs> he's so despicable in this show. Yes. So
1: awful. Right. That oh. was kind
3: of... Happy well that shot. was
1: one of the things that I like though because this show did a good job of you know subverting expectations for normal shows because it's like oh, he's just an abusive jerk and then it's like, oh, he's got a brain tumor you know I mean that you know that's why he's acting so awfully you know and and I thought that that was really interesting that they gave it an explanation other than that he's just an awful person.
2: Except they, it could have gone either I never could quite figure out what the message was there. Was it the, the tumor that made him abusive and crazy? Or was he always that way and the tumor, you know, kind of made him crazy and, and happy for a little while. I, I couldn't quite figure it out because it seemed to go, I think you could interpret that one. You know, well, here's the
3: thing. There was flashbacks when Chase was a kid and I don't think he had the brain tumor then. And he was still an abusive asshole. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So, we don't know
2: how long he had it. Yeah. That's uh, true. The, because they also, the very first flashback is him holding baby Chase. and And suddenly he's like, I get it now you know, everything they say about baby. So you think, oh, wow. Okay. So he was a nice guy then. And then you jump to chase being, I don't know, probably 12 or something like that. And that's the first time you see it. So who knows? Maybe in between that was also happening. I don't know. But then again, on the other hand, anyone whose name is Victor Stein, if, if his middle name better be, like, Franklin. Although, otherwise, it doesn't make sense, you know? <laughs> well,
3: there's, a, there's already a Frank, so.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I know, but, you know. Victor Von Stein. Victor, <laughs> 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 yeah, there you go. But I, 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 I had assumed that he was going to be, I, I thought maybe in the comics he was uh, Victor Frankenstein, just, you know, dropped the, oh. the Franken. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, see, the thing that I liked about Chase, not knowing that he was different in the comics, but that I liked about it was that he wasn't the typical jock character. You know, because even, like, a well-meaning jock character, you know, they're usually dumb, right? They're, they're you know, and and I kind of like that, oh, he's a jock and he's smart. And, you know, he's, you know, not the kind of dude bro kind of jock, you know, like, his, like the kids there that he fought off of Carolina. You know, and so I, I really liked that. I appreciated that about him. So how do you get, how do? well, Beth, why don't I ask you? <laughs> the Carolina scene with at the party. Do you think that that was just pulling out like a trope and was kind of inappropriate? Or was it, or did you think that they handled it well?
4: I think they handled it well.
1: Because it didn't get too, didn't get too far.
4: Right. It was uncomfortable to watch, but I think they handled it well.
1: Because yeah, I mean that was something that I wanted, Because you know, a lot of times, you know, when I see people react to you know scenes like that, they talk about oh, people are just doing it for sensationalism or whatever. But yeah, I was I was curious for your take.
3: I was a little more bothered by Chase not like telling her about it. Like he should have told her about it. <laughs> I don't know, but can, does anything good come from that? Ah, uh, uh, she of... can avoid them in the future. Yeah, well, that's what I was true. Say,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, knowing that something almost happened would just upset you, I would think. But yeah, I guess you're right. If if she was going to be at further parties with them, then you never know, so... Of
2: course, you could take that to the logical extreme. If he was going to tell her, hey, these guys, you know, they assaulted you, why the hell didn't he report it to the police? Yeah, so...
1: Well, yeah. I think they were trying to show that he was being modest and didn't want to, you know, build himself up over it and be like, look at me, I'm big man who fought these guys off of you. You know, he was trying to get her appreciation, like, you know, honestly, rather than just trying to be like, I was a hero who swooped in. So uh, it was another thing that I kind of appreciated yeah. about him.
2: Well, I, I think that the show did great in kind of playing with expectations that way. It didn't just make her, I mean, maybe she was the damsel in distress, but are you a damsel if you don't know you're a damsel in distress? So that there's that interesting uh, bit. It, it did it a couple of, even... Even in little ways, the the scene where um, Chase and Carolina were together, and he's like text the group, and she's like, "No, you do it." <laughs> and, you <know? laughs> so yeah, I think it did great, and just taking what you would expect of a traditional tropish idea and turning it on its head. Well, and even like, and even Gert getting the X
1: ray glasses, you know, instead of yeah. the boy. Usually, it would be the boy who would get the the, the X ray glasses, but she. And got when them.
2: he did get them, she was wearing lead. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciated that.
3: Speaking of Carolina and Chase, I did enjoy every scene where Chase is like goo goo-goo, goo gaga over her, and she clearly does not reciprocate because she's
1: hella gay. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure that that came through until the end there, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you knew the comics before that, but yeah. yeah, I knew she wasn't interested in him, but I didn't realize that she was gay until the thing where she was looking at Nico in the mirror, which is like the sixth or seventh episode, and then it's like, you know, eh, I kind of realized that I can be who I want and be with who I want, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> I know what's going on now.
2: I, I don't know. I mean, because... And again this goes back to that party scene uh she's dancing and we think maybe she's on the drugs and she's watching the the two girls kiss and so i thought well maybe this is just like the drugs or you know purely for titillation for the audience or whatever i don't know but that was that kind of stuck around in the back of my head every time i saw her and nico together and, and the way that she ignored chase so I, I think they they did a kind of a pretty good job of telegraphing that one
1: Hmm. hmm. Oh, okay. No, I. I mean, I just saw that as her being like raised in a very religious family that she was just looking yeah. at them as kind of like, "Whoa, this is a this is a <laughs> thing," you know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that in Scientology, right? I mean. Exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: it's funny that you bring that up because this is now how I imagine Scientology is. The morum is. That's exactly what I was thinking. Actually, it's like, oh, this is what Scientologists are like. Okay, I get it. <laughs>
2: Now, now Tom Cruise makes sense. See, right, you know?
1: yeah. <laughs> I want to go Ultra. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
3: going to be Ultra Cruise. I hope they never explain what Ultra is and
1: just keep saying
4: it. Yeah. The question is, would Tom Cruise be the mom, the biological dad, or the guy who thinks he's the dad?
1: Oh, the biological oh, Tom dad. Tom Cruise
4: is Frank,
2: yeah, the
1: entire way. <laughs> frank theme. yeah. The has-been acting career, but still going to go do it, you know? (laughs) I'm going to really promote Scientology. Now I'm going to really be an actor. Now I'm going to really promote Scientology. I I, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to keep doing it. Even though I'm, like, 100 years old now. I broke my foot. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (sighs) Tom, it's a sign you shouldn't be doing action movies anymore. (laughs) 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 I'd like to talk about Alex, because I really liked Alex. You know, and he was, he was the one that, at least in the beginning, was the one who was really, like, moving the story forward. I, you know, appreciate, I appreciate, you know, because I always like characters that don't have the powers in a group that have powers, because that just shows how clever you have to be. So, uh, I mean, and Batman. I like that. Well, I'm sorry, what? Batman. <clears throat> yeah, Batman. But that's such an easy one. Everybody says Batman. Oh, it's Batman. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Iron Man,
1: you know? No,
2: no. Well, by that, even Chase doesn't have powers if you want to go, you know... No, that's true.
1: That's true, but people count Iron Man as having powers, even though he doesn't really, so, you know. Technology, I think, counts. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, I liked Alex's thing. The whole background story of why, you know, I mean, they made him sort of also the center of the mystery of, you know, why he didn't go to the funeral and everything else, which we don't get for part of the way through, and... You know, even though Nico was upset, understandably, I feel like probably in a similar situation. It wasn't one of those things where, you know, when you watch a show and it's like characters sit on information and it feels like, why did you sit on that information if you had just, like, said that information to everybody? Like, all everything would have been better. In this case, it really wouldn't have. And so I get why he made the decision that he made and i don't know i just kind of liked alex i uh i liked that his parents i don't know to me his parents seemed like the most affectionate of all the parents they had the most normal relationship and then you just find out that his dad is into all kinds of horrible things and uh or used to be but it's still kind of connected to them they seemed his parents seemed the most
2: real and, and uh, if that says something you know <laughs>
1: No, I agree with you because they, they
4: had the house of horrors in their basement so. Right? Yeah. let
2: say. Yeah. library. Everybody's yeah.
1: parents have you know a secret compartment you know underneath. I wanted to know what is has it really been years where no one has pulled those coasters and wanted to use a coaster and and discovered the secret hideout?
3: I think it was a different trigger in the comic book. I don't remember. Yeah. Can you
2: imagine all the rings that are on the furniture in that <laughs> place? <laughs>
1: Uh, It just seemed a little too uh, obvious of a thing that would get misused and people would discover.
2: You know, I I do have a question about that because later on, when Alex tried to access the murder library, the coasters didn't work anymore. So, I I don't know, maybe they routinely move the switch, you know, every month or quarter or something.
1: You'd seem like you would need to tear up the entire room to do that, though.
2: Uh, Yeah, well, if you can devise a, a device that can transfer energy into a compactable suitcase size uh don't you give me sorry about the the, that bad science nonsense but
0: (laughs) i don't know why they couldn't you know
2: come up with a new switch every week (laughs)
0: it would be doable (laughs)
1: yeah see i got the impression that that was probably the switch up until the fact that they were worried that the kids had discovered it and then they just changed it the one time to whatever it was after that
2: could be or or you know what actually I can't remember his name, Papa Wilder, he just might be so paranoid of everyone else in uh, Pride that he changed it after every meeting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, just a <laughs> <laughs> Chew on that.
1: <laughs> oh, Let's see. So uh, we talked about Carolina in passing. I, I, I don't understand really what her power is, other than that she can kind of fly and shoot out lights. So I guess that's it. That is it, yeah. Okay, it's
2: like Dazzler,
4: but right, know, like yeah,
1: kind box. of like a Dazzler, yeah. You know, and that brings up the whole situation with her parents.
4: She's a pink version of Daddy,
1: right? Yeah, and the and the and as 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 my wife refers to it, the glowy crotch. Because
4: <laughs> <laughs> the first time you see it, that's exactly what you see. Yeah, Don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs>
2: the eyes are up here okay right
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> and so the joke became oh she can do what daddy can do but over her whole body
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that was weird and then when they brought out the picture of the mom with him when the mom was like a little girl it just got even weirder because it's like how long has their relationship been going on yeah (laughs) okay
2: Okay, i'm gonna throw throw this out there because this was my thought again never having read the comics and this being on hulu i wasn't sure how dark they were going to take this show or or what weird sort of things they were going to do but i got like such an incestuous vibe from from mom and him and everything i I mean I, i it almost feels like he's the last of his alien kind and he wants carolina who is his daughter to like repopulate his species Yeah,
1: yeah, because, like, the way he looks at her isn't like a dad looking at his daughter. Yeah. No, I agree. (laughs) I got that vibe, too.
3: (laughs) (laughs) As someone who's read the comics, I can tell you I have no idea what's going to happen with that character because he's He's not not in there. So, it's all new territory for me.
1: Yeah, he's, yeah. The thing is, that actor is really skeezy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> when he was well,
1: Doom in fantastic Duk, four so, yeah. he was also very skeezy so it's like he plays skeezy well so i don't know if we're just reading too much into that or not but yeah the whole thing bringing her to his bedroom and everything else it just seemed a little
2: uh... i if they had played it so that carolina's mom was also his daughter and, and that it had it, gone back for generations it would not have surprised me it was just I don't know. He, that whole thing was just messed
1: up.
4: Be sick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Carolina,
1: her arc, you know, is mainly just, you know, finding out that, you know, I, I don't need to be part of my parents, you know, and then, you know, discovering like her sexuality and everything else. Yeah. I did kind of like some of her interactions with Gert, you know, cause yeah. they both know what's going on and they're both like, just kind of like messing with each other because they don't want to do the, you know, they they're not ready to make the steps that they really want to take and so they're both just kind of messing with each other which i thought was kind of fun
2: the the most unbelievable thing about carolina was that she went you know 16 years without ever taking that bracelet off right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: Do you even hygiene?
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, and then the mom was even like, I have no idea what's going on with that bracelet or whatever. And it's like, wait, what? I mean, so Jonah hasn't been around for... I mean, I'm guessing that means Jonah told her, you know, to have Carolina wear it or whatever. But it's like, you never once thought, you know, hey, what is this? What's going on? You know, why are we doing this? It seemed a little weird. In the comic books,
3: because there is no religion thing going on in that i believe it was like her med alert bracelet and she just didn't want to not have it was the excuse for why she had never taken it off so she wanted to be very close to her because she had some she thought she had some sort of disease or something okay but uh yeah it's still unbelievable that she would not take it off even in that context
2: (laughs) it's a cult
1: (laughs) so we have jonah as our villain. I, here, this was another thing that I thought, from what I've read of the comics, was better, because in this apparently Jonah's just promising them, "Hey, there's a source of clean energy at the, under this lot. You know, serve me, and I will give you access to clean energy." Which seems kind of like a weak yeah. excuse for, "Hey, let's kill like two kids a year going back, you know, like 15 years." You know, uh, in in the comics, it's it's from what I understand, and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, it's. There are these creatures, and they're basically like, we're going to remake the Earth into like a paradise, and we're going to keep, you know, only six humans alive, and the parents decide it's going to be their kids. And so that's why they form the Pride, and they're they're doing it for their legacy to keep their kids as the last humans that will survive afterwards.
3: Yeah, that's who the Gaborum is in the comics. The Gaborum is the giant evil
1: monster creatures.
2: That's intriguing.
1: I mean, so at least that gives, I think, a better excuse for why they would you know, do the horrible things that they're doing Specifically for their children, too So, I mean, but it's like you know, why don't you just invest in solar or something (laughs) You're all rich, you know It's
2: called recycling (laughs) Right,
1: I mean, if you can invent a wand that you can wish for anything and it happens Yeah (laughs) Why do you need the clean energy you know what is that doing for you? But, um, I don't know. We'll find out that, like, in the next season, that, like, the bottom of the wand unscrews and, like, some AA batteries fall out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it can do anything, but only for a limited time. You gotta get more batteries in there.
2: No, worse, it'll be the round, you know, watch batteries.
1: And, uh, <laughs> get a special order it off Amazon. Yeah. Wait a few days. <laughs> oh man you have to
4: prick your finger 20 times to prime
1: it (laughs) (sighs) yeah i'm guessing though because they were talking about like there's something moving down there or whatever i have this weird feeling that like it's jonah's people whatever they are down underneath the crust you know and they don't look like humans normally and and only jonah does because he's like the one that's supposed to interact with the rest of the world or something but who knows i mean this show has, has subverted my expectations enough that you know i'm thinking it's going like alien invasion and it's going to turn out to be something completely different
2: but well, yeah i think they're going to play that way because jonah's the, the the murder library had been around for years maybe centuries or whatever so i suspect his people they crash landed there or they got buried there and he's the only one that survived or stayed awake and he's just been on earth for centuries Oh no! I think that part's clear.
1: I mean that much, but exactly what he's trying to like—if there's more of his race alive down there, or what is exactly going on—that's the part where I'm not sure if it's if it's going the way I think it's going or, or something else. Yeah. We just know that in the future vision that the time TV tuned in, the buildings are falling down, so something bad's gonna happen.
2: That was the worst prop.
1: <laughs> that time TV. God. <laughs> that antenna. Right, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it was an old 1950s television. <laughs> I just, yeah. uh, that, that one hurt. <laughs> right.
3: Why can't he make a digital one? What yeah. the hell?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I wish they had explained, because to me, and that was one of the things why I wanted to read the wiki, they did not explain what why Gert and Old Lace had the connection. And I had to read that they have, like, a telepathic link uh, on the mm. Wikipedia article. Yeah. But that was the thing. I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, that's neat that she can do this. Why can she do it?
2: Now, reading between the lines, or, or watching between the scenes, the very first time we saw Old Lace was when Gert was singing to Molly. And it traveled through the air ducts down into the cage. So my assumption is that just uh, Old Lace... Had been listening to uh, Gert singing, you know, for months or years, and maybe imprinted on her or something like that.
4: Yeah, that's why I got out of it.
1: I guess, but like, velociraptors aren't so intelligent that they can follow commands and everything normally. so... Or they shouldn't be. I guess we don't know for sure. But. Yeah,
2: do, do, do not question the science in the show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to realize the whole you know. Oh, we're converting mass into energy. You realize they don't have to use people. They could use wood or a right. cow. Or you know, it's going to be
1: life energy, Ryan. Life energy. Force,
2: you know? <laughs> yeah. That
3: is actually something that bothered me in this show. This the way the sacrifice went down is you got inside this big box and then it glowed and then i don't know if i was one of the kids watching that i'd just be like what what happened what was that but in the comics they get just straight the they just straight up murder, like with like a like a knife just kill her dead like it's very clear that they murdered someone but in the tv show it's like i don't know she got in a glowy box it could have been a magic trick i don't know
1: Well, especially since the first one we see is botched and we don't see another one for a long time afterwards. I agree with you that that was kind of weak and and it doesn't really explain what's going on very well. But I think we're seeing the difference between Hulu and Netflix. You know, they're trying to make this like a teen-friendly show and i think that you know if this had been like a netflix series they would have gone really dark like that and had like them just stab the the people but i think part of that was they felt that that would be a little too horrible for kids to watch and so they they made it like we'll distill their life essence in a box
2: i i think it's also just uh it's a lot easier to be sympathetic to the parents if there's some plausible deniability if their hands aren't that dirty if we saw them like you know Caesaring this guy uh, with you know forty four <laughs> n- blades or whatever. Yeah, no, I I couldn't just I wouldn't be that interested in their redemption arc.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, and then in the comics, you're not. They're not <laughs> sort of sympathetic at all. I mean, it is weird that you say that it the the show is aimed at teens and stuff because I feel like the comic book actually skews younger than the show does. The show is actually more moody and angsty, and the comic book's a lot more fast-paced and fun there's it's actually like it's a completely different tone almost it's a lot it's a lot funnier and like i said quick paced so but the show is more moody and adult i feel like
1: well no it's true and i mean it's i i was kind of interested i I thought it was kind of strange about how slow the show was yet i was really engaged with it because i noticed that too i was like not a lot happens i kept on saying when are they going to run away god
3: (laughs) listen at the end of issue one, they see the murder. At the end of issue two, they've ran away.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that scene at the end of the season happens at the end of issue two. <laughs> like, it, I, the whole show, I'm like, just run away. That's the name of your show. Run away. Yeah. <laughs> it was so frustrating. There was a lot of wheel spinning. Yes. Speaking of boxes, the whole episode where Stein gets shot and they're like, do we put him in the box? Who's getting in the box? Like that whole episode is like pointless. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like they're basically just like, eh, we'll just, it,
3: we'll just, it's fine. Well, Well, I think they
1: were trying to show who was aligned with whom and who was willing to sell who up the river. You know, I mean, it was kind of like they were trying to show the relationships at that point, how they had shifted and who, you know, and how and how it changed some of the dynamic because it got Mr. Minoru back with his wife. Right. and, And so it changed some things. So I don't think it was completely pointless. But yeah, I think the entire reason that we had a whole season without them running away is that they wanted us to be engaged with the parents.
2: Yeah.
3: I almost think that's a negative thing, though, is like, yes, the parents are way more developed, but I feel like that's at the expense of developing the kids. I feel like there's a lot of time where I'm like, I haven't seen the kids in ages, and I don't have a feel for their dynamic, really. I would like them to develop the kids as much as they did the parents.
2: Well- Nathan was saying that this is aimed towards, you know, teenagers. I think it's probably more accurate to say that this is aimed towards what adults think teenagers want, yes. uh, which is moody and, you know, uh, depressed, mildly depressing at, at all times. This is, may, yeah, I'm sure, and maybe because it is written by adults and trying to get into the teenage mindset, it kind of works on both levels. That's why older folks like me can appreciate it but also you know the younger crowd can as well
0: mm.
3: oh. it's it's uh, very reminiscent of the showrunners previous show the oc i don't know if any yeah. of you guys have seen that it it has a lot of similarities of it's another show that's about teens but they kind of wrap the adults a little bit better <laughs> um but also that first season of the oc is so cram-packed full of things happening that it's just like it's almost too much and i feel like that's kind of the same thing here uh there's a lot packed into like every episode but at the same time they're not really moving forward
1: enough it's a lot of character interaction at the expense of action yeah the actual developments of the plot yeah i i think that with the second season though since the kids are going to be in close quarters with each other all the time, I think we'll probably get more interaction between them and more of their dynamic. Whereas when they're still living at home and they break apart, you know, from time to time, it doesn't favor them getting as developed as a team or as a group. So I think that that's probably, uh, you know, for the second season. I am kind of interested, I mean, I'm actually really interested in what they're going to do in the second season. I I loved how they ended it. Because pinning the death of the girl on them was perfect. Yeah. You know, it was a it was a perfect way for them to to absolve themselves, the parents, but to also make it so that the police will be on the lookout for the kids and get them in touch if they find them. So, I I liked that. That's straight from the comics too, so. Yeah, cuz you know, they're like, "Oh, we'll just hop on a bus, we'll go to some other city. <laughs> it's going to be fine." you know, we're rich kids, we can make it, you know. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, no, we can't take the bus at all because people are looking for us. Our pictures are all on TV, you know. yeah, Yeah.
4: We're all on Facebook.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Molly's going to be, like, texting your location with as good as she did it with.
2: truthfully the the way the the show was laid out and and the sponsorship was so obvious i almost half expected them to run away in a lift you know
1: (laughs) 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 okay okay you gotta love the stan lee cameo though
2: yes yeah yeah, that was great
0: (laughs)
4: what we need is we need to have molly taking a selfie with the hashtag runaway life (laughs) 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 background of Uh, wherever the heck they are oh that's
3: right I had no idea that there was only 10 episodes. I thought there was more than that, so I did not realize that was the finale. Oh, okay. And so I was like, they finally ran away! I can't wait to see the next episode.
1: (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs)
4: Exactly. Whoops.
1: (laughs) And then it would have really sucked if they had canceled the show. And it's like, nope, that's all you get. (laughs) I've (laughs) been so bad yeah no i mean that is true i mean i was frustrated by the lack of running away but i I feel like especially since i wasn't into the comics i didn't know if you know maybe the comics went you know six or seven issues before they ran away so i was okay with it
2: well i I think this is just the format for these tv shows they're slow burns all the netflix shows are doing that you you get that first season the entire season is a build-up to just establishing the character or in this case team as what they are Mm-hmm.
3: I think that works better with a uh, binge binge watching though, and this is like weekly.
1: Yeah, I I don't like Hulu's will release it weekly style. I would rather they did a Netflix and just waited to release the whole show.
3: Yeah, I might not have minded so much them not running away if I was just chugging through it.
2: That's how I did it. I waited till all the episodes were. <laughs> As there a you fact, go. Yeah, I I watched Punisher and then this back to back. So that kind of messed up my mind a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That is a
4: really, really weird combination.
2: Yeah, it is. (laughs) But yeah, so I I think binging it, it works. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Having to watch this one week to week would have been, I I don't know, it would have been rough. To do i was
1: afraid they were gonna do the thing where like once they have six episodes they pull the earliest one so that's why i was watching it was because i didn't want to like be left without you know being able to see the beginning of the show
2: who who doesn't do that with their original content i don't think i, I don't hold me to that li- listeners but yeah i'm pretty <laughs> sure with their content you know if they own it so it's always going to be up
1: yeah then i don't understand why they do it weekly at all <laughs> yeah um. <laughs> So Beth, we haven't heard from you. What did you think of the pacing of the show?
4: Yeah, it it did drag a lot and and like the like you were mentioning before, like the, the scene where the dad got shot, I was just like I feel like the only person being punished here is the viewer.
1: <laughs> okay. I,
4: I, I, I actually was knitting a whole lot through these yes. episodes and I made almost no progress in that episode because I was just it was draining my will to live. It was it was synonymous with the blood on the floor in that scene.
1: Okay, so Beth. <sighs> You, you wanted to be on this episode of the podcast, so everything so far that you've been saying has been kind of tinged negative, except for when you're talking about Old Lace, so why did you want to be on this episode?
0: I like the show! I really do! I swear I do! <laughs>
1: What did you like about it, Beth?
4: I like the character development. I like this story. And I like Old Lady. She's awesome.
1: <laughs> She's not wrong. Yeah.
4: It's not often you have a show with an actual velociraptor in it. Yeah. It's like not tearing people apart. Yeah. Yeah. I and a st-
3: lot, uh, lot of it's a puppet, too. Which has yeah. A, I give kudos yeah, to It's,
4: it's yeah. so articulated. Like the scales on the head are like moving around. That's like, oh, it's poetry on screen. <laughs>
2: Whenever it was Beautiful. the puppet, it was a joy to watch. Although, I, the, the only time the uh, CG, the only two times the CG worked for me was the very last scene when they're running away, and then last is, you know, Old Lace. And I think it was the second to last episode where they're all they're running away from the dig site and they hide behind the car, and Old Lace ducks down as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was adorable.
4: Yeah. You know? Oh, uh,
3: speaking of that, that fight scene where they, like, confront their parents for the first time were they filmed on two separate days i swear to god they didn't like interact with their parents at all right i think that that was definitely
4: felt like two different sets
3: they stayed in like their own separate v shapes for like the entire episode
1: (laughs) well yeah but i think that they wanted that was just like a staging thing of showing like the two sides that they didn't want them to cross over you know to each other But especially, like, when Carolina's shooting the energy blast at Jonah, I think that, I mean, it shows them in a single shot. I mean, it shows sideways. The kid's on one side, the parent's on the other. It's all one shot, so I think they were together.
3: What did is, he shoot the Velociraptor with, by the way? Because apparently it's a tranquilizer that doesn't work unless it's in, just kept inside you.
1: Right. Yeah, I know. I I always hate that. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you just pull it out. You know, oh, he instantly gets better. That's not how drugs work. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: you don't know dinosaur metabolism. <laughs> <That's, I mean. laughs> I'm
0: gonna eat you okay. for breakfast.
2: Then we're gonna
1: get back to the old Flash argument of why can he dodge bullets but yeah, not blow darts, not. but. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And something um, also in that same battle, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Nico lost the staff and never got it back. She doesn't have it at the right. end of the series, right? Right. right. That was so yeah. cool. Yeah. I really
4: like that because it's all of a sudden she felt so invincible having that staff, and all of a sudden that's just taken away from her from her mo- by her mother from a complete distance. Yeah. And she had no control over it anymore.
1: Yeah, like if her mother was a sorceress or something, that would be really, really
2: cool.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's almost like that was supposed to happen or something.
2: Right. <laughs> hey. She said she would have taught her if she'd hung around longer. Right.
3: <laughs> Is the um I know in the comics, I can't remember if it's in the show, there's a limitation with the staff. Uh, You can't do the same spell twice. Is that in the show? I don't remember. They don't
1: say that, but I mean, at least it would be nice for it to have. Because basically when the mom is showing Nika, the one time the mom does have like a session with Nico where she's having Nico hold the staff, she basically says, just wish for anything. So basically the way she made it sound, it is limitless in its power. You know, just whatever you can conceive of, it will do. Yeah. Which, which I thought was great that she made her mother shut yeah. up. Was, that was what she did with it. <laughs>
2: but if it's a one-time only, she can never do it again. Right.
4: <laughs> ah, nuts. All right. But it also would mean that her mom wouldn't be able to shield out everyone from hearing like the, the sacrifices and everything. So that wouldn't make any That's sense true. from the cons- confines of the show for it to be a one-time use yeah. deal.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like, even if it is in a separate universe, since we already have had movies like Doctor Strange and the Thor movies, it would have been okay for them to have her as a sorceress. Even if they didn't, like, connect her with Doctor Strange, you know, ever or mention the Ancient One or anything like that, that would be fine. I, I just... To me, to me it, it's even more unbelievable that that is an invention of science. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you know? yeah. The the only way it works is if it's incorporating Jonah's alien technology.
1: Yeah. Mm. yeah. And that might be how they end up explaining it. Yeah. Jonah just
3: goes, it was
1: magic all along. <laughs> <laughs> it was the magic inside of you. <laughs> yeah. We find out
2: he's Asgardian, you know. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Are you the master of wands? <laughs> the magic was inside of you all along. But, um, so yeah, I mean, towards the end though, the show kind of got like mysterious a little bit because I start wondering things like, why does, why do Jonah and Frank suddenly become buds? You know, like what's good, what is Jonah's angle there? What does he want from Frank? And what does he think Frank can give him? He
3: just landed him Top Gun too. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, I, I, I you know, that, that sort of made me curious. The uh, other thing was. When the kids break out of, you know, they get Carolina out of gaborum it seemed like there was some mysterious stuff going on yes. where, like, the one guy who was Leslie's, like, lackey is reporting to Jonah, but then there's also texts uh, that, like, Leslie gets a text from somebody... And so it's like, who's reporting to who and who's, you know, who's communicating with whom? And then the other one, do they, wait, did they explain who the, the Nico's sister got the text from?
2: Uh, yeah, from, uh... It was from Leslie. uh, Oh, that's uh, right, Leslie Leslie.
1: claimed that one. I'm not sure that's right. When Leslie said that she did it, I felt like that was a cover-up for something else. Like, she knew that the sister had gotten a text and was basically like, "I, I did that. Because I don't believe that she is has ever gone against jonah especially when we find out she's the one who killed molly's parents i don't know i don't know about leslie i I think if any of them are irredeemable i think it's leslie
2: well you could make the argument that she killed molly's parents what 10 years ago or longer maybe i think 12 maybe and then this would have been what two years ago so i guess she could have developed a little bit of a conscience in that time seeing molly grow up without her parents or something like that but the one that got me is jonah got a text after they escaped jonah got a text saying something along the lines of everything's going according to plan like the escape was part of the plan and it made me wonder if carolina was like on his side
1: yep that's one yeah and but then wasn't leslie also getting a text from somebody at one uh, in that same episode and I so know, i was I wondering that. if they had different agendas going on
3: this could play into something that happens in the comics that there's a big event that happens in the comics, and I don't know if they're going to do it or not. So this could play into it, and it could maybe not play into it. I'm not sure. This is the part that excites me the most about the show, is this the new stuff, because I'm like, what are they going to do? I'm very confused and excited.
1: <laughs> well, and Alex disappeared for a long time. We know part of it was he called uh, his dad's old friend but quotes right but <laughs> what else was he doing mean, because he was gone a long time and so it was like is that all he did or was he doing something else too so there was a lot of weirdness going on uh, in that last episode which, which has me really did intrigued it specifically and excited say
3: that that money came from because alex has money at the end right yeah.
2: right yeah and, and a gun
3: right. and a gun did it specifically say he got it from that guy
2: no, but he did tell darius that he before he answered all of his questions he needed something first and so it's plausible and even probable that he's the source of the gun and the money but yeah you never know
1: right well definitely the source of the gun he might not be the source of the money <gasps> dun, dun,
2: dun. Dun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, yeah. That that begs the question right there. I mean, these. <laughs> I, I can't wait till they're they have to get a job. You know? Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, there was, a, it, I, you never saw any of them cooking or doing housework you never saw staff either but i I think there's that one scene where uh, alex's mom's like dinner's almost dinner's almost delivered or what you know (laughs) so it's gonna be culture shock for them if if the scene two if season two is outside of la like i would love it if they're like in boise or you know
1: something like that (laughs) (laughs) no they're gonna have to grow up pretty fast
4: what do you mean there's no
0: ubers here
3: Do any of you guys have, uh, are you guys going to read the comics or you don't want to so as to not spoil the, whatever the show might be doing? So
1: I have very little time to read any more period. And right now, what little comic time I'm using has been reading Star Wars comics. So yeah, I think I'm pretty much going to try and keep from reading. I'm intrigued about the comic and I'm interested in it, but I would rather go into the series fresh without any, uh, you know, preconceptions other than that one thing that wikipedia spoiled for me damn you wikipedia (laughs) i know what it is too yeah no i'm sure you do (laughs) because it's big yeah (laughs) when i and and, and it was spoiled while i was reading the cast list that's all i did
4: (laughs)
0: <laughs> so I haven't been looking at it. No, this is the oh. one
1: for the TV show. It was the cast list in the comics that well, spoiled s- it for still me. Not looking at it anyway. Okay,
3: <laughs> you never be too sure. <laughs> they might not do it in the show.
1: I don't. No, no, I, I know, and that's it. the thing. There was enough different from what I read that I was like, that might be completely. You know, they might be wanting people to believe that, but and of course we're being, we're being awful now to Beth and Ryan because we're being like you know the thing <laughs> the thing, yeah, the thing.
0: Yeah.
2: and
1: those of you who are listening to the podcast who haven't read the comics are just like what are they talking about you know but Vader know is
2: Luke's father <laughs>
1: oh, man. I did that you know uh, when they re-released them in the 90s after I walked out of Empire Strikes Back I was like I can't believe that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father Said that really loud.
2: <laughs> I just was like,
1: you know, I couldn't do it in 1980 because I was just born, so you know. <laughs>
2: So you'd be damned if you weren't really? going to just walk out you know, of the theater and right. awe.
4: You know? right. <laughs> Did anyone say awe and leave?
1: No, because <laughs> everyone knows that now. Beth. <laughs> well,
4: I was it wasn't do, a spoiler. Reenacted the
1: Simpsons, <laughs> well, I the know. Anyway. No one
4: who went to funny. see that was seeing
2: it for the first
1: time. Right. I know. <laughs> well, no, I know of one person only because my friend was dating a girl who had never seen Star Wars or any of them. And so he would brought her to all the special editions
0: releases passive.
1: and yeah. And she was actually legitimately surprised by it.
2: You know, <laughs> that's lucky to be. Yeah. I'm with you, Nathan. I, I, i i've i've been told that i saw uh empire and return of the jedi in the theaters i have no remem- memory of that whatsoever you know, my first memory is seeing them on reruns or vhs or whatever so yeah if someone who got to see them for the first time in the theaters that would be that's kind of why the prequels disappointed me so much <laughs>
1: <laughs> no there were more reasons than that Ryan. Yeah, but <laughs> that's true <laughs>
2: But we won't get into that here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stay tuned for well, that podcast.
3: <laughs> the big twist for those were that they weren't good.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I felt like as the show progressed, it got better. I mean, it got more mysterious. I liked all the, you know, sort of upset expectations. And it's really excited me for season two, which we're probably not going to get until next November. So it's kind of annoying.
4: And Gert calmed down a little bit
3: too, <laughs> right. which also helped. Don't well, run this... away. Right.
2: <laughs> maybe maybe someone here knows the answer to this but i think a lot of that has to do with with how we film tv nowadays like netflix shows the ones that are dropped all at once and been we binge all at once they're filmed all at once so they don't the writers they've got no time to correct and to see what works as they're going was this show filmed all at once or were they still filming the last bits as the first bit was airing
1: Well, since it was only 10 episodes, I kind of figure that's probably the length of a normal television block anyway. Because even something like The Flash, even when it's 23 episodes, they film it in two blocks with a break in the middle.
2: Well, but at the very least, they would have had a chance to maybe make some edits or maybe even reshoots if something was really working or not working. So I don't know. It's just a thought.
1: Yeah, I I have no idea how this was made. I just remember being surprised that Marvel was doing a series on Hulu after they were doing so well with Netflix. And then, you know, now with them buying Fox, it's actually a really good move for them to have a, you know, have already got some uh, uh, momentum with Hulu.
2: I'm really curious how that's going to affect Disney's streaming service, but I don't know. We'll see. The way that they've made it sound,
1: of course all this was preliminary because first of all, the whole deal doesn't even go through until next year completely. And, you know, I mean, right now they're just kind of shooting from the hip. But the way that a Disney executive made it sound is that Hulu would be the place for them to put more adult-oriented content that they don't want to have on a Disney-branded streaming service. Yeah. So take that what you will. (laughs) Because people were talking about, you know, because with Fox, they get a lot of R-rated franchises and whatnot. And they were like, yeah, maybe Hulu would be more of a place for that rather than our Disney. Because the Disney brand has a family-friendly association. But I, I'm kind of getting sick of all the speculations on the Fox Disney thing just because I'm like, and then what's going to happen is in 2019, you know, uh, you know, some regulator is going to be like, this is too much like a monopoly and it's not going to happen anyway. And everyone spent like a year like dreaming of all the possibilities and it's, gonna be like, it's not even going to happen. So anyway, anyway, wait, see. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan, is there anything about the show that you wanted to talk about that we haven't gotten to yet?
2: No, I mean, we briefly touched on Alex's power or, or lack thereof. And I got to say that that surprised me because up until the last minute, I expected us to find out that he could, you know, Tron into computers or something like that. Well,
1: I thought he might, like, be able to, like, control computers by touch or so. Because yeah. when they were like, well, how could you get into my mom's password? Uh, you know, office, yeah. I thought it was going to be like, oh, like he, he, like, yeah the, what's his name from Heroes? uh he, Micah. Uh, oh, Micah. Uh, yeah. yeah, like Micah and Heroes, like, he can touch electronics and control them, so. I thought it was going to be like that sort of thing. And yeah, like you, because I didn't read the comics, I thought for sure Alex had a power and we were going to discover it any minute now. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: so I'm actually up on, I'm on the fence on that one, whether or not I want him to have a power or not. On the one hand, I'm like, yeah, it, it's kind of neat having a, a main character or part of the team who isn't stuck in the basement on the computer, who isn't Felicity, you know, right. who, who doesn't have a power, but they contribute equally. But on the other hand, I'm like, uh, he's a, he's... A low-level hacker. That's not that impressive. Hey, he's got a gun now. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a gun. Honestly, I don't even
3: think he hacks anything in the in the comics. I don't just even really remember him hacking.
1: So he's just really smart, huh?
3: <laughs> well, he's he's kind of like the leader. Like he makes the plans and stuff. Because like in the comics, they run away and have to make plans and stuff. They don't just hang around with their parents all the time.
2: He he's the one that maybe because of his dad he can actually navigate the real world a little bit, you
1: know. <laughs> he's the Hannibal of their group.
2: <gasps> <Ooh>. I love it <laughs> when comes together. And I swear they're, they're driving a black van next yeah. to him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they should do it and he should have like a big fat cigar in his mouth.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they in the comics they do get a van. Yeah.
0: Yes! Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Either that or Alex could start wearing all the gold chains. A <laughs> pity to <the> fool.
2: <laughs> or or he'll be afraid to fly or you know right,
1: something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they got to figure out a way to drug Alex cuz everybody's scared of him.
2: <laughs> because I'm sorry, Chase face. That's just happening. You know, so. <laughs> oh yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs>
1: And who's Murdoch? Molly.
2: (laughs) Or or when she's angry. I I love the fact that there are there's consequences to her power as well. That she immediately passed out every time she was done being strong. I thought that was you know it's like, yeah, that makes sense. That's gonna take a lot of energy. Well, I
1: mean, but but Carolina has the same thing too. Like she gets tired from using her power. That's that's what happened in the party. Yeah. But, I, I mean, thought the was, party was she got drugged. No, she no. didn't get drugged. That's what we find out is that she never took the pills. She
4: pocketed it. And Yeah, when she, she left uh. the party. She she looked in her ha- she went she opened her hand. There was the pill, and she put it in her pocket or something.
1: Right, because like they want you to think that she was drugged in the beginning, but then you find out that oh no, it was her powers. And that's what even happens when she fights Jonah. That after she's done, she falls asleep after that. Because he didn't knock her out, right? And wasn't it just she just got drained and fell fell down that's what i thought I, I don't know yeah anyway i don't know
4: if they elaborated on that? anyway
1: yeah um, okay
3: so like the the thing about molly being super strong is amazing but imagine in the comics she's like 11 years old lifting up like, right. that's like our,
4: oldest.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: our oldest daughter is almost 11 now that's like imagining that kid doing that that's hilarious wow. also in the comics they all
3: have names because they decide they don't like their like names Bad their names. parents gave them yeah so uh, of course there's arsenic and old lace it's gert and uh the dinosaur yes chase actually i don't remember if chase had a name oh yeah he's called talk back uh chase is talk back because he talks back a lot <laughs> wow
4: <laughs> oh god
3: carolina is lucy in the sky
4: <laughs>
0: that's
3: good yeah that makes sense. And Alex doesn't take one. Nico is Sister Grimm. Okay. And Molly has two. Everyone calls her Bruiser, but she wants to be called Princess Powerful.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> but I'm kind of glad they didn't go through with that in the TV show because that's very comic book for them to take names like that. I mean, that's not like if kids had powers. You know, they they wouldn't really name themselves. Oh like come that.
4: on! Well, oh, is powerful.
1: No, I, no, that one I can see, but not the other ones. I mean, those are no, kind of no. uh, you. You no, realize on the playground that...
4: in high school, we we actually came up nicknames with each other, and that's the kind of crap we would have come mm. up with. No,
0: okay.
2: th- this this is the code names here are basically what usernames are nowadays where right. you have to have, you know come up with your, your i'm ryan 42 you know right. I'm not, yeah, there's the, you can't find an original one anymore so you have to be really really esoteric or original or creative yeah. and you know talk back i mean you know?
0: right
1: well it's because marvel has already marketed every conceivable superhero name so they're really having to reach now
3: to be fair, they all kind of realized the the code names are kind of dumb and stopped doing it. <laughs> well, and like
2: Lucy in the Sky, that's like, you know, uh, okay, next season, if she calls herself Lucy in the Sky, she someone needs to show up with like a cease and desist letter. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's why they can't do Arsenic
1: and Old Lace either, I'm sure, because somebody owns that copyright, whatever movie studio owns that movie. Unless it's Disney, because Disney owns yeah. everything now. So
2: decent <laughs> chance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either Disney or Warner. Between the two of them, one of them. <laughs> anyway.
2: Could be Sony. It's not, but it could be. <laughs> <Right. you know? laughs> but uh, I, I do want to ask. I think. Did you say Molly was a mutant in the comics? Yes. Yep.
3: Yes.
1: Okay. So her parents.
2: So she didn't get her power from magic rocks that move. No.
1: Okay. <laughs> And you know, really, if the Fox deal does go through and that they wanted to go there, it would be easy to retcon that and say that the Rocks really had nothing to do with the power. That that was just a you know a side yeah. effect, or or maybe the Rocks helped trigger her ability or something. But you know, you could you could easily do go there. Yeah,
2: you could also you could also say she went through terogenesis, So you know, however right.
1: you want to do. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how about you, Joe? Is there anything we haven't talked about yet that you want to bring up? Oh, everything. Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah.
1: This is actually a really bad podcast. We didn't talk about anything yet that I wanted to talk about. It.
2: First up, I thought this was the gifted podcast.
1: <laughs> that did get a little confusing I, for a while. I anyway. thought
3: this was about the movie with Joan Jett and all of them. <laughs> I did enjoy the show. I I did feel like it sort of spun its wheels a little too much, specifically in that they episode. They Yeah, they don't run away. They take forever to with that whole scene about who's the who's gonna die, who's gonna get in the box, whatever. Uh or the episode where like Chase breaks the laptop. I'm like, we finally have a plot moving forward thing and you've just stopped it. Why? Oh.
2: That that uh, yeah. was as stupid as Molly's uh you have to tell me before it's too late right. maneuver. I mean they yeah. didn't have to necessarily that was leverage. They didn't have to turn it into the cops, but they still could have used it on their parents other ways. I just, and shame on Alex for not, you know, backing, having automatic backup to the cloud.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was definitely a move to just keep them from running away until episode 10 is it's like, we got to pad out the story. We got to kind of keep them in place um, sort of thing.
3: Yeah. So I'm hoping, because I do enjoy the characters and I do enjoy the actors and, and I do think the parents are way better in this than they were in the comics. So I'm hoping that now that they've ran away in, a, in season two, we can get a bit more of a quicker pace and do
4: stuff. So I think
3: there's a, the, the pieces are in place for a really strong second
1: season. All right, Beth, what about you? Anything we haven't talked about yet that you want to talk about?
4: I just love old Lace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep remembering how the, the just visually old Lace looks and I'm just blown away by okay. the mechanical aspect of it and... Just everything visually about it also.
1: Okay. And the nose ring. Yes!
4: Yeah. <laughs> on top. Uh, yeah. That's the cherry on top, yes.
1: Yeah, I still want a little more background on old place, Like, did they just go Jurassic Park, or, or what's going on there? Yeah. So, uh... More input. Yeah. So, for me... Okay, so first thing is, who has a school that has an open house where there's, like, actual, like, <laughs> speeches and things? Because... They're like, it's open house today. And like, all the parents are in like a big hall while like the principal gives a speech. And it's like, I have been in many schools in my life and I have never seen an open house like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's rich, called LA. Rich, yeah. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that's way too much. But, uh, but uh, seriously though, while I did think that Jonah was, an interesting villain and I want to know more about his background and whatnot you know everyone acted completely terrified of him and so far even though some of the parents have completely disobeyed him we haven't seen any real consequences from that and I want to see them actually bring the threat level next season because so far I'm not really seeing why everybody's afraid of him and I and I want them to sort of play up that angle and give us you know why is he so terrifying oh, he's crotch. just mysterious
2: <laughs> 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 you know I mean some penicillin will clear that right on up <laughs> <laughs> please see your doctor <laughs>
4: <laughs> side effects include
1: yeah. Yeah. Jeez. And Frank walked in on them. (laughs) What's going on there? She's just like, get out, Frank. And I'm like, really? (laughs) You're you're not like gonna stop doing it. You're just gonna tell him to get out while you're doing it. Very nice.
2: Another thing about the show. You you mentioned it, like the open house at the school. it seemed like every episode at the beginning of that episode they remembered they had something to do tonight oh we have the pride event oh we have the open house at school oh there's the gala oh (laughs) Oh, i forgot (laughs) i mean it just seemed like they had very very busy social lives that the entire group of people it's la yeah it's la and they're
1: rich so i think that's probably about right (sighs) yeah
2: i was like who drives the prius and everyone raised their hands you know, who drives the Prius with the, it was a Doctor Who. I can't remember what, but Doctor Who. Um, my other ride is a TARDIS license plate bracket. And then it's, it's Alex, you
1: know. <laughs> that was a good joke. Yeah. So, um, Joe, so especially since you are our comic expert here, going into season two, is there anything that you're really hoping for? I'm kind of hoping they do the, the thing. Right, <laughs> okay. No. A and, and those of you who have read the comics, you know exactly what uh, what Joe is talking about with the thing.
3: Because I kind of feel I, like it would be disingenuous to certain characters to not do
2: that. <laughs> the way you're going around trying to not say what it is. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this is painful. <laughs>
1: it really is. Anything you can actually share with the audience that you would like to see in season
0: two?
3: Also. I hope they have that. That there is a a vampire in the uh, the comics. Uh, that they when the like shortly after they run away, they bump into this other guy who turns out to be a vampire. I I hope they keep that in because it's just weird.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds weird. Yeah. It's a Marvel comic, so It must be Dracula. He shows up everywhere in every Marvel comics sooner or later.
4: And I bet it's still a better love story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a better love story than Twilight. <laughs>
3: He actually gets stabbed with the staff of one, like, staked, and he's just got a hole, and then it heals up, and he's like, yeah, it just gives me heartburn. We got it wrong. <laughs> oh, man. Was that one of the also, issues didn't wrote? Uh, no, that's actually uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Like, I think Brian K. Vaughn was, like, a big Joss Whedon fan, and Joss Whedon was a big fan of The Runaways, and then he's like, write for it, and Joss Whedon was like, okay. And then, like, Brian K. Vaughn wrote for Buffy Comics Season eight when that happened too, so brian kvon's just the best comic book writer but i also wonder early in the first volume cloak and dagger are sent to try to hunt them down and with cloak and dagger getting their own series i'm hoping at some point maybe there'll be some sort of crossover since it's both you know sort of teen superhero stuff so that'd be interesting
1: yeah well we'll see i mean Here's the thing. I love, I adore, like, let's use that word. I adore Cloak and Dagger. They are two of my favorite characters. Nothing that I saw in the preview for that show looked like Cloak and Dagger to me, so if I like the Cloak and Dagger show, then I'll agree with you that I'd like them to appear in Runaways, but I'm just worried that Cloak and Dagger is not going to feel like Cloak and Dagger, but I don't know. We'll see.
3: Since you haven't read the comics, you're not going to read the comics? No. Molly rips off his cloak.
1: <laughs> that should be impossible but okay
3: that's what he says he's like you can't do and then it she does it okay. <laughs> and he's, he's like uh, uh, uh and he like reverts back to his like child self and oh, he's, like, okay. stuttering
2: <laughs> okay. you know i i will say i'm glad you mentioned cloak and dagger because this show is going to be my litmus test for whether or not i'll watch that one because i normally in my opinion marvel can do no wrong but i think Inhumans kind of proved otherwise okay. so
4: <laughs> i, I, I think wasn't sure a lot that of things that
2: yeah I, I, but i wasn't try to be able to get into the whole teenage focused mcu and so the fact that i could get into this and that i could enjoy it and that i think it's just as good as punisher but in a totally different way makes me think yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make the time for cloak and dagger just to see what they do
1: no no i agree and i'm definitely gonna give it a try i just and it would be nice if they allow them to cross over because so far, even though theoretically the Marvel TV shows can cross over freely since you know they have the same you know executive production yeah. type crew, they they haven't yet. So that would be a nice one. I think that there's it makes sense, you know, both being the the teenage theme. So we'll see. Yeah. Anything else, Joe? I
3: just hope they keep old Lace around. She's oh.
0: awesome. <laughs> Yay!
1: <laughs> All right, so Beth, what about you? Any uh, any. Th- thoughts for season two anything that you want to see or or i guess even potentially anything you want them to avoid
4: better pacing okay Um, more old lace (laughs) (laughs) um that's all i have really to go with at the moment
2: okay and ryan what about you you know the pacing wasn't so much of a problem for me but i I guess I don't know how it works in the comics, but if like if they run away like across the world or whatever. But I would like to see them. We've seen LA kids in LA. I'd kind of like to see the, a fish out of water story, see them in other parts of the world. I mean, maybe it's just going to be Vancouver.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're all in Vancouver,
1: <laughs> Ryan. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, I think it would just be interesting to, to see that. To see them having to grow up to realize how sheltered that they've been all this time. To have, and In a way, how lucky they were. To just to realize that now they've got to do it on their own and and you're going to get that moral quandary that 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 sort of well, is it worth it to go back home to forgive Mom and dad just so that I don't have to you know work at mcdonald's? I, I don't know, I'd like to see what they what they do with that that, and I guess uh I want them to decide if uh, it's team Alex or team Carolina
1: Okay yeah, no true well. Yeah, I, and the fact that they they've formed 2 like uh, two, they have two leaders makes me think that something's gonna happen with one of the two of them. That maybe one of the two of them is the one that sent the uh, text. So we'll what, see.
2: What? I didn't mean that in as far as Team Alex or Team Carolina as far as leaders. My bad. I was using the vernacular of the kids. In, as far as Nico goes, <laughs> is uh, Team Alex or oh. Team Carolina?
1: Oh, I know no. the answer to that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: will say though that the chemistry between the two actresses, like it's <laughs> they,
4: they don't really want to be casted right now. Yeah, that's when we
1: looked at that. We were like, those two girls—they're not enjoying what they're doing. <laughs> It was very
3: weird that you had, like, a full-on, just heavy, like, sex scene between Chase
1: and Gert. Right. And then just, like, (laughs) 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 yeah. And so, yeah, for me, I would love it if they can get John Bernthal on the show to be the (laughs) (laughs) puppeteer. And he has to face down the Runaways.
3: (laughs) Specifically (laughs) Molly. Specifically (laughs)
1: Molly. Because that would be (laughs) the funniest thing in the whole world. i no, it's never gonna happen but i would just, just love to see tough frank you know yeah. <laughs> that we've seen go through all the stuff he's been through in daredevil and punisher to be taken out
2: by this little girl <laughs> just just pull yes. pull a, a red Sonya, and have pete show up and never <laughs> establish that he's the punisher just be this badass guy named pete who happens to own a lot of guns right. you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah well i mean now that they're blamed for that murder there's actually a reason why he could if he saw them like go after them because you know it's like hey you're you're these murdering kids you know but anyway (laughs) it's never gonna happen no (laughs) (laughs) but it would be hilarious anyway (laughs) all right so um, i think that we've gone uh long enough on runaways for me i mean I would definitely recommend it if anyone's listening to this that hasn't seen the show. It was a lot of fun. I was kind of surprised. Like Ryan, I was kind of surprised because I didn't know. I thought, oh man, this could be really childish. And, you know, it might just be a little too teen drama for me. But I think that they, and maybe this is the good side of them devoting uh, plenty of time to the parents, but I felt like the show worked you know for adults as well and there's a lot going on it's a very dense show and my cat is walking by the microphone if anyone hears any uh, noises that sound like cat purrs or whatever but yeah i mean it's a dense show and there's a lot going on i'm really excited about the next season so beth uh, what are your final thoughts on the show
4: i really liked it I mean, it's not often you get to see a friendly dinosaur in, <laughs> in a TV
1: show, so... <laughs> you really liked it, despite everything you said about the show, other than Old Blades. I'm lights. just
4: chiming in
0: wherever
1: <laughs> I could get it in Oh, man. But you would recommend people watch this, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Okay. And Ryan, what about you?
2: Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's the best Marvel show ever, but you know what? It's it's, it's up there for, for Hulu's first venture into the MCU, for their first teen-led venture. It... I think it exceeded expectations. All right. So
1: Joe, what about you?
3: Yeah, I really liked it. I'm looking forward to season two. And if you guys like the show, I also highly recommend checking out the comic. Both are good. Oh, well, are I will
1: tell you this. I was tempted more with this than I was with say, Jessica Jones to check out the comic. You know, I like I, I haven't read a lot of comics recently. I, I did read a huge run of Iron Fist when the Iron Fist show came out just to watch the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> but, uh, I did enjoy, uh... You know, I did enjoy this, and I did... I was very curious about the comic, but I, I'm hoping to get... You know, uh, I'm hoping for more things to be surprises. And even though I know right. it's not following the comic exactly, I'm sure there will be echoes of things from the comics. So, I'm, uh... You know, I'm just going to keep myself pure, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Another
3: good thing about the, the comic, specifically that one, is it's, it is very sort of self-contained. So if you don't have to, like, know a lot about, you know, the Marvel Universe or anything to sort of get into it, which is something that I, I personally enjoy when I read comics. I sometimes just jump into something and I'm like, I don't know what is going on. Because there's so much, you like, lore you have to know almost. So it's it's very it's very uh, very easy read.
2: Well, is is the comics is it is it like this? Just shows how out of comics I am. Is it like the original you know six one six Marvel or is it Ultimates or what was it? (laughs) I have no
3: idea.
1: (laughs) It's six one six. Honestly, not that big of a comic right now.
2: Okay, all right. Yeah, it's in the prime Marvel
1: universe. It just is not continuity heavy, uh, from what I'm understanding from Joe but I do know it is in the prime Marvel universe.
3: That actually might be part of the problem with Joss Whedon's run is he kind of got too much into like plot stuff. Like he's like, I'm going to do all this interesting stuff and then kind of forgot that there was characters there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. That's not usually Whedon's problem. Yeah. but uh, I would say he usually favors character over plot (laughs) if he fails. But anyway. All right, so uh, why don't we say goodbye and let people know where they can find us? And uh, so, Ryan, why don't we start with you?
2: Well, until next time, Internet, I I won't say goodbye because we're forever. Forever. You can find me on these fine people's Facebook page and social media, telling them that they're wrong about this or that, because they are. (laughs) And you can find me on my social media, which is probably the best way to get a hold of me, Geek Stranger on Twitter or, you know, from there, you can find my Facebook page, but be warned their politics. And yeah, you know, I'm going to say it, go ahead check out the website. I mean, I will put a link up for the podcast at the very least, eventually. <laughs> so I, I can promise that much.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're still, still waiting for the flash episode.
2: Oh yeah. That one slipped through the cracks. Sorry. Right. That, that'll go up this weekend.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you.
3: All right goodbye dear humble listeners you can find me various social media I'm minty pineapple across the board uh, my website is mintypineapple.com i do videos and other cool things and with my wife we do a podcast called the watchathon rassilon where we're watching through all of classic doctor who all of it all of it and we are uh, currently in the third doctor seat uh third doctor we might be in the fourth doctor by the time this goes up so.
1: definitely you will be I so check that out. <laughs> 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 so yeah.
3: definitely in the fourth Doctor. But well, You can check that out at watchyourassalon.com. It's
1: rassel-awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, it is.
1: Oh,
3: Keep calm and rassel on.
1: <laughs> All right. No, that's actually from his trailer. I can't claim that one. But anyway. <laughs> All right, Beth, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
4: i'm on facebook and etsy called mrs whiskers studios and that's pretty much it that's all i do i sew well
1: she takes costume commissions. since she didn't really <laughs> explain herself too well there but uh yeah. she makes you all should kinds
3: make a molly beanie <laughs>
1: probably could <laughs> she it. also makes uh, cute little comfort uh like stuffed animal blankets called fuzzy lovey's you, you really need to learn to hype yourself better, huh? That's what I have you
4: for. <laughs> He's my production manager. I just do the grunt work.
3: <laughs> Make a floppy old lace. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> All right. So, uh, Joe, Ryan, Beth, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank Good to be you. here. Thank you. And that's it for Marvel's Runaways. In hindsight, it is kind of interesting listening to our ideas on this one. Definitely the second season more more firmly put the show into the MCU, and uh, I think it did address the pacing issues, but we'll eventually get to that with the season two podcast, but until then, we're going to have lots of television seasons coming up as well as getting back to movies, general geeky topics, video games, books all that kind of stuff so stay tuned with us and we'll give you all that but until then let us know what you think about this episode. You can do that by sending us an email at everything at 42cast.com You can also do that by going to the website at 42cast.com and leaving us a comment there. You can go and leave a comment on Facebook at facebook.com 42cast You can also tweet to us at at 42cast. You can also leave Leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And once again, I want to ask that anyone who listens to this show regularly, please go to iTunes. Please leave us feedback. That is the best way to promote the show because then iTunes will uh, give the show as a recommendation to others. So the more reviews we have, the more we get promoted, and I would really appreciate it. I also want to remind everybody about the ESO Patreon. It is a way of helping the entire Earth Station 1 network, so give that a look and contribute some money if you can. Uh, You'll get access to exclusive episodes, and there are other rewards being discussed for different tiers and whatnot, so check that out on uh, Patreon.com and check for the ESO Network. So that is it for this week. Please join us back next time when Robin Lloyd-Taylor will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You've been listening to The 42 Cast, copyright 2018. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.